Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Today is November 17th, 2021, and our first story Now, we're awaiting the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict, but we do have major information. It appears the prosecution manipulated evidence and provided it to the defense. It appears to be intentional sabotage. We have no reason to believe good faith on the part of the prosecution. There is now a motion for a mistrial with prejudice because the prosecution gave a low resolution compressed video to the defense, but claimed it was their only evidence. That means the defense was not able to mount an effective argument because they did not have the actual high-res video. How did the prosecution do this? It would mean that they compressed the video and then delivered it? It sounds intentional. In our next story, Biden has taken a major loss. The vaccine mandate has been suspended, but the Biden corruption knows no bounds. And in our last story, the FBI discovered vials of smallpox in Philadelphia triggering a lockdown. It's something to be worried about. And before we get started, leave us a good review. Give us five stars. Tell your friends about the show. It really helps. Now, let's get into that first story. Yesterday, the jury in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial began deliberations. That is to say, they went into private and began discussing whether or not Kyle Rittenhouse is guilty on one or more charges. We did not get a verdict. By the end of the day, it was announced the jury would retire for the evening and they would come back in the morning and continue. But my friends, I believe we are screwed no matter what happens at this point. You see, we all knew that the defense had made a motion for a mistrial with prejudice. What that means is you can't, the trial is over. You cannot retry Kyle Rittenhouse on any of these charges ever again because double jeopardy would apply. The reason for the mistrial with prejudice, as we knew it, was that the state violated the constitutional rights of Kyle Rittenhouse. The judge even said so, and that they had tried admitting evidence that had already been uh, not allowed by the judge's ruling. Well, they violated these the rulings, the, the rights, and that's what we knew, right? We're now learning. Kyle Rittenhouse prosecutors withheld evidence that could have potentially exonerated Kyle Rittenhouse as per the prosecution's argument. What I mean to say is, I think we all know what happened on that night, that we've all heard the testimony from the state's own witnesses and the defenses that Kyle Rittenhouse was acting in self-defense. But the prosecutors were able to get a major victory. They said, we have drone footage showing Kyle Rittenhouse pointing a weapon at people. 
the Zeminskis uh, in particular. And thus, Rosenbaum was acting in defense of others. You cannot provoke someone and then claim self-defense unless you exhaust all uh, effort, uh, opportunity to retreat and get away. I believe that's the case. Now, there's no footage of Kyle Rittenhouse pointing a weapon at anybody, but they had this drone footage, which you're like, look, we enlarged it. You can see it. That was their argument. The judge said, "Okay, well, you know, if that's that, that's an argument, show it to the jury. The defense argued you can't really see anything. The only thing the defense was able to muster up was this is CGI enhancement and you shouldn't be allowed to show it. And then the prosecution says for, uh, still they were able to admit CGI evidence, which they shouldn't have been able to do. But they say, well, we still have the video itself anyway. You can watch it. Here's what we learned. The prosecution did not give that evidence to the defense, but it's worse than that. It's one thing if the state were to withhold evidence, meaning like uh, they got a video of let's say there was a crime of like, you know, somebody got punched in the face and the person who is accused says, I wasn't even there. I was playing skee-ball. Oh, yeah. Do you have any proof you're playing skee-ball? No. But what if the state had a photo of the person playing skee-ball and they hit it on purpose? Okay, that's withholding evidence. And then later on, you can say the state knew that they had the evidence that I was not guilty and that's malicious prosecution. What the state did here is worse. The state did provide the video to the defense, but a low resolution version. So you know what this would have been like? Imagine if the state had a photo that clear as day showed the man was playing skee-ball the whole time and never got into a fight. And they said, we do have a photo but then manipulated that photo so it was grainy and you couldn't really tell what it was. They give that grainy photo to the defense and say, look, it may be evidence, but that's for the jury to decide. And so the defense says, look, it's not a perfect alibi. We can't really see if that's you in the photo. Sorry. So they go to trial thinking they've been presented all the evidence. The state makes their case and says, you know, here you go. And then sure enough, they, if the prosecution gets away with this, what will have happened is the defense, thinking this was the video, the low resolution version, didn't know how to craft an argument against the prosecution's fake provocation narrative. They looked at it and said, I can't see anything in this video. It's too blurry. That's why they argued against the enhancement. The state not only withheld evidence, but manipulated it, gave it to the defense so they would not know that they were being manipulated. They would think they were given the real evidence. But the state screwed up. The state, at the end of the trial, in jury instruction, said, our version's much clearer. Whoa. Whoops. They almost got away with it. Now, I don't know what their intent was, but I'm telling you this, I don't think after grave constitutional violations, I don't think after trying to admit evidence into the trial, the judge said no to, that this was an accident. There are two versions of the video, the the high def version the state had where they could clearly see or I should say they could see better what was going on and the manipulated evidence they gave to the defense. The defense would then watch the video and say it's too blurry to see anything. They would then think when the evidence was presented to the jury, the jury would agree it's too blurry to see anything. Now, I want want to I want to read for you the filing because it's really, really important. But I will mention, you know, when I first heard this. It was breaking news. It was yesterday. It was during the member segment on Timcast IRL. I thought, there's no way the defense didn't know they had a low res version. I mean, they watched it, right? The defense had a 412 version. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. A, t- a 480 
and the uh, prosecution has a 1920. So that's standard def to high def. So I did a little experiment. I, I have this big TV to my left. It, 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 it's, uh, it's how we show news clips to the guests on Timcast IRL. This, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for this mobile studio we got, by the way. But like a TV pops up. And so I'm like, this is a high def TV. All right. I'm going to play a video on it, standard def, and see what it looks like. And it was blurry. It was kind of hard to see things, but it was clear enough. Played some music videos. And then I played the higher resolution version. And it was definitely clearer. But you could still make out faces, eyes, hands, clothes, f- details. But you wouldn't be able to uh, make out the finer, finer details. The point is, I think to someone who doesn't realize it and isn't looking for it, they would not realize they were given a different version if it was watched on a TV. That is to say, when the state plays their, their video for the defense, I mean, for, for, for the jury, the defense probably didn't realize it was higher resolution. Only w- when they go back and play their video and they're looking at it, it's grainy, and they're watching it on these screens. Then they see it in court on this TV. It probably didn't occur to them. They only found out about this because the state said our version is much clearer. You see, the defense had played their version of the video for the jury for the jury instructions. And I think here's what happened. I think the state tried. I think the state manipulated evidence and tried to trick the defense so the defense could not muster up an argument. The defense would take the video back and say, here's the evidence against you, Kyle. And they'd look at it and say, I can't see a thing. Okay, we'll argue I can't see a thing. Then the state has a clear version they play, hoping the defense doesn't notice. But when the defense plays their low resolution version, the state, the prosecutor, Binger and Krauss realize, "Uh oh, this is the jury is not going to be able to see anything in their garbage version. We need them to see our version before they deliberate. So they had no choice but to say our version is better revealing the manipulation, revealing the cheating. So now we're looking at a mistrial with prejudice. We knew that the defense had filed that motion. But what we didn't know is that this evidence was withheld. And I'll tell you why. I have the story from Daily Mail. Kyle Rittenhouse prosecutors held back high def drone footage from Kenosha shootings from defense and gave them low quality video, sparking them to file file mistrial motion that could see Kyle, uh, the teen walk free. Here was the story. This is a story from November, from yesterday at 2.35 p.m. How did we miss this? How did we miss this? If I had seen this, I would have been like, wow, this is my main. I got I to gotta record on this. this. is a big news breaking segment. Jack Posobiec posts at 10 p.m., 11 p.m. almost yesterday. Evidence was withheld and everyone's like, whoa, this is crazy. Take a look at the headline from the Chicago Tribune. This is on Yahoo News posting it. Kyle Rittenhouse defense team seeks mistrial claiming prosecutorial misconduct. That's an old story. Last week, they asked the judge for a mistrial with prejudice. So when I saw this headline and I, and I saw these stories, I ignored them. Because what am I supposed to do? If there are 10 stories that all say the same thing, I, I'm not going to read all 10 stories. And I do fact check, but I do like two or three sources. And that was last week. So when the story pops up again on Monday, I just felt like it was, uh, oh man, it's like Minority Report, an echo. You ever see Minority Report, Minority Report, where the precogs can see the future and they have pre-crime and the the police will arrest you before you even commit the crime? In that movie, there's a thing called an echo where the same report would uh, would come out a few moments later and they just ignore it. That's exactly what happened to me. In this story from the Chicago Tribune, they actually do bring up later on, evidence was withheld. Now, why didn't the Tribune lead with that? Have you seen the price of gold lately? 
It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. No, 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 for real. I mean, they're bearing, this is a huge, huge story. It says the mistrial motion rehashes an issue that arose last week. Really? Then they say, you know, Rittenhouse did X, Y, and Z. In a seven-page motion for mistrial, the, the, the defense accused the prosecution of providing a drone recording at a lower resolution. Whoa, 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 whoa. In the middle of the story, after they already said it was rehashed, and then they rehashed the, 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 uh, the core of the story, the Rittenhouse case. That is intentionally burying the lead, in my opinion. Let me now show you what we've got going on here. Let me go down to the filing. First, here's the video that James Armstrong shows in court. When you look at this footage, you look at these photos, it's blurry, it's, it's hard to tell, but it was, it was a higher resolution, meaning if the defense had this, they could have actually seen something and presented an argument. Their case was weakened by prosecutorial misconduct malicious. It's worse than just not giving them the footage. They knew they'd never get away with that. If they wanted this in court, they had to do something, but they knew it didn't prove their case. So they gave a garbage version. Let me read you what, the, what, what, they, what they write in their motion for mistrial. Now, they also mention the grave constitutional violations and things like that, but check this out. On November 5th, 2021, the fifth day of the trial in this case, the prosecution turned over to the fence footage of a drone video which captured some of the incident from August 25th, 2020. The problem is the prosecution gave the defense a compressed version of the video. What that means is the video provided to the defense was not as clear as the video kept by the state. The file size of the defense video is 3.6 megabytes. The state's 11.2. Further, the dimensions on our video are 480 by 212 and the state's 1920 by 844. The video which was in the state's possession wasn't provided to the defense until after the trial concluded. During the, during the jury instructions conference, the defense played their version of the video for the court to review. The state indicated their, vision, their version was much clearer and had their tech person come into court to have the court review their clearer video. The video is the same. Resolu- the video is the same. The resolution, however, was not. The state did not provide their quality video to the defense until Saturday, November 13th, and only did so upon specific request by attorney Wisco two days before closing arguments and after evidence had been closed. They're going to say, typically in a mistrial, that means that the defendant is foregoing their right to a single tribunal. It's a valuable right. In a mistrial with prejudice, they're saying you cannot cheat. And we demand these charges never be brought again because it wasn't the defense's, the defense's fault this happened. The prosecutors in this case cheated, questioning the defendant's right to remain silent. And the judge snapped. 
But wait, there's more. Quite possibly the most important factor in this filing that needs to be brought up. Section 11. After lengthy comment, the prosecutor stated, I thought my good faith belief you had left the door open a little bit. Now we had something new and I was going to probe it. The court responded, I don't believe you. The judge may be a good guy. I think he's making some 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 errors and he's got some difficult choices. And I think we are all in serious trouble philosophically and um, and our our, our judicial system and our freedoms. And I'll explain that in a second. But I want to point this out. The judge said to the prosecutor, I don't believe you. That is an acknowledgement to the defense that the prosecutor is not acting in good faith in this trial. But the judge took no action. The defense can now definitively state the court is prejudiced against them. The court itself stated, I don't believe the prosecution. But we're not going to do anything about it. Carry on. That is to say the court believes the prosecution is acting in bad faith and trying to cheat, but they will allow it. The defense now knows this. There is no way Kyle Rittenhouse can have a fair trial if the judge knows the pro- or believes the prosecution is being untruthful and allows him to continue. So we're in trouble because where might this go? OK, it's a few scenarios. The jury comes back and says guilty on all counts. They'll hand the verdict to the judge. The judge will see it and say, hmm. Fold it up, crumple it and say, at this moment, I am going to grant the motion for a mistrial with prejudice to the defense for the reasons stated and then explain it to the jury. And the jury will be confused why we did all that deliberation and all that work for no reason. If he does, the left will say the judge is corrupt. The jury made their you know, announcement. They saw the evidence and the judge is just protecting Kyle Rittenhouse. When in reality, the prosecution sabotaged this case. Something else might happen. The jury could come out, the judge could read the verdict, and it says not guilty on all counts. And the judge could be like, read your verdict. And they say on the count of one, not guilty, two, not guilty, three, not guilty, four, not guilty. And then what happens then? The prosecutor laughs and goes, (laughs) I may not have won this time, but I got away with it. The prosecutor will get away with it if the judge does not issue a mistrial with prejudice. But there's more, there's more, not not completely, but I'll put it this way. The judge cannot allow the prosecutor to get away with this. And some people have said the judge wants the jury to issue their ruling because he wants it to be clean. He wants people to say the state made their case and the jury said it. You can't complain. And I understand that point. It's not a bad point, but it would allow the prosecutor to get away with it. So there's something else that could happen. Maybe the jury comes back. The judge reads the verdict, not guilty on all counts. The jury then reads it. We find the defendant not guilty on all counts. And then the judge says, now hold it just a minute before everyone leaves. Binger, I am going to go after you for prosecutorial misconduct and overreach. And I want to make sure you are not allowed to do this again. I don't know exactly what the judge could do in that capacity, but it's possible there's major complaints filed after the fact. But it's a gamble, isn't it? 
If the prosecutor broke the rules, you need to come out immediately and say he broke the rules. If the judge says you've committed a grave constitutional violation, you've admitted evidence against my rulings. I don't believe you are you're acting in good faith. And now there's evidence they withheld evidence. Now there's there's new filing and evidence. They withheld evidence from the defense. The judge must say in these United States, we do not allow prosecutors to get away with this. And to all of you who want who are expecting a conviction of Kyle Rittenhouse and want him convicted, I can only say blame Binger. That's what the judge could say, because when he withheld evidence from the defense, I have no choice but to issue a mistrial with prejudice. The state cannot just keep retrying Rittenhouse and it's the prosecutor's fault this happened. A mistrial would be really, really good for the state. And the defense has argued they're trying to get another kick at the cat. That's what they call it, that the state knew they were losing against Rittenhouse. So what could they do? Let's try again. Let's trigger a mistrial and force this trial to be, uh, you know, this this trial to, to, to be a mistrial so that we can then recharge and bring back another trial. Not recharge, but like have a, n- a new trial with new jurors and a new attempt at proving his guilt because they screwed up. They called witnesses who, who, who testified that Rittenhouse was acting in self-defense. Their own witnesses did. Do you think those same witnesses will want to come back? They will. Be, I'm not going to keep doing this. And they may, maybe won't even call him. They cheated. And we have this tweet from Jack Posobiec I want to point out. Jack Posobiec tweeted, two jurors holding decision up, outright citing backlash per U.S. Marshal in Kenosha. He says they're worried about media leaking their names, what will happen to their families, jobs, etc., including doxing threats from anarchist groups. Maybe Jack's source is bad. Maybe Jack is wrong. Maybe Jack's lying. I don't think Jack's lying. I think Jack has sources. Doesn't mean his sources are right. Jack Posobiec has had some scoops that turned out to be accurate. And he's had some scoops that didn't pan out, but we don't know. Like there was talk about a major lockdown or something, and then it never happened. But that could just be because the scuttlebutt, the source, you know, was was uh, relaying to uh, to uh, Jack was just that something they may or may not do. The left keeps saying there are no U.S. Marshals in Kenosha right now. That's a federal thing. Kyle Rittenhouse was in Illinois when he was arrested. He was transferred to Kenosha. So, uh, yeah, wouldn't there be marshals to transport across state lines? Illinois jurisdiction law enforcement wouldn't do it, would they? I I could be wrong, but my understanding is that when it's dealing with transporting someone arrested in one state to another state, the U.S. Marshals would do it. Uh, So pending the verdict, a U.S. Marshal would then be here, wouldn't they? Okay, maybe the U.S. Marshal has nothing to do with this because marshals are federal and this is a state issue. Maybe there is a federal marshal in Wisconsin simply because a different individual needs to be transported to Tennessee. Maybe the marshal's there for that reason. The marshal knows Jack Posobiec and was having a discussion about safety issues at the courthouse. And they said, well, look, we got a couple jurors holding things up because they're worried about these protests. So consider that when you're transporting your guy out. I could speculate a million and one reasons why there could be a U.S. marshal saying this. If you want to debunk what Jack is saying, debunk what he is saying. If you want to say one source is not confirmation, I will agree with you. I will absolutely agree with you. And I'll say, okay, maybe I was a little hyperbolic. Maybe we should be skeptical on this a little bit. I don't know for sure. But I think it's fair to point out that the jurors are scared. Protesters and supporters were outside the courthouse. They were yelling. They were bullhorning. And there were some fights breaking out. You think the jury doesn't know that? How about for lunch? 
They want to break for lunch around 1230 during deliberations. So they say to the bailiff or whatever, we could really go for some pizza, man. Do you think we can get a delivery? And the bailiff goes, um, look, there's a lot of people outside protesting. I don't know if a delivery is going to be able to come in. I can maybe pick something up. Well, there's protesters outside. Well, that has nothing to do with the trial. They didn't sequester the jury. The jury knows there's protesters out there screaming, demanding, quote unquote, justice. So I think they were probably worried. I think they were probably scared. And I think Jack's tweet makes sense. So we're screwed because no matter what happens now, they're going to riot. I, I think even if they get a look, if they get a guilty verdict after the prosecutorial misconduct and the judge does nothing. We're screwed. Our fair trials are over. It's a cultural issue. It's not just a state issue. It's not just Wisconsin. If the judge, no matter what happens, it's just bad news across the board. But at the very least, if Kyle Rittenhouse is found to have acted in self-defense, which I believe should happen, that will still be a victory. The riots will be bad, but so what? We, we do not tolerate the threat of riots and violence to stop justice. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Stay tuned. We got more information coming on this, and I'll be tracking the verdict. And I'll see you all then. Ladies and gentlemen, we have huge news on the vaccine mandate front. Those of us who believe in individual rights and bodily autonomy have a major victory today. Joe Biden's vaccine mandate is officially suspended. He tried as hard as he could to bypass the Constitution, and he's done it several times, but this time he couldn't make it. Now, the war is not over. They will likely still try to get this through. And we already saw Joe Biden's administration tell businesses to ignore a court ruling, freezing, putting a stay on the vaccine mandate. But now OSHA, who was going to be implementing this rule that if you have 100 employees or more, you must mandate vaccines or testing, has caved, saying due to the ruling from the Fifth Circuit Court, we have suspended the implementation of the vaccine mandate. But you know what? Joe Biden's strategy still worked. And this is what's scary. The corruption of the Biden administration knows no bounds. We're not just looking at this one story. There's many stories. But in this regard, let me start here. Joe Biden and his admin knew that by simply doing a press conference saying they'd mandate the vaccine, that businesses would just do it. They tell their employees, look, Biden said it, so you have to do it. There's no law. There was no mandate. It hadn't been implemented yet. There was no OSHA rule. They knew that when the courts got to it, it would be struck down. OSHA finally comes out and says vaccine mandate and all these companies start rolling it out. Well, it's time to roll it back because they lost in court. But when Biden lost in court, his deputy press secretary, press secretary comes out and says, ignore the court ruling and do it anyway. They did this with the eviction moratorium twice. The Supreme Court said you can't do it. And they said, we're going to do it anyway. And the Supreme Court had to come back out and say, you can't do this. Biden keeps bypassing the, the, the checks and balances and the other branches of government. He's bypassing legislature, implementing law by decree and through manipulation. And then when the courts strike him down, and it's not just him because I don't think he's all with it. His administration ignores it. Now, I got to tell you, the corruption of the Biden administration is so severe. I didn't know what story to talk about today. I was originally preparing to talk about how Biden's DOJ is using counter terror tactics against parents concerned about wokeism. That's right. And Merrick Garland appears to have lied about it. And now the Republicans are furious, demanding they come back in, testify. I want Merrick Garland testify under oath about how they're using war on terror tactics 
on parents who are concerned about their schools. My friends, the Biden administration is broken beyond repair. They are corrupt. And all these stories come together. Now, we're currently awaiting a verdict in the Rittenhouse trial. And by the time you're watching this, it may come down. But for the time being, this is a huge, huge victory. And I hope you all find that optimism. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Because I'm going to sprinkle in a little bit, of, a little bit more optimism throughout this, uh, this segment, because I want you to realize the cause of freedom, I believe, is winning. Now, there, there, are, still, there are still risks. There is still the, the greater war. And I mean that figuratively and maybe in terms of a Cold War, literally. Just because we've won on this regard with OSHA suspending the rule doesn't mean they won't strike back with a vengeance. They are still challenging this. It still may come, but, it's, but for the time being, we are standing. We are holding the center. We are standing our ground. We believe in freedom of the individual, individual responsibility, and that the federal government does not have the right to mandate a permanent medical procedure in order to access goods. But let's go through this. And I will bring you through more than just the vaccine mandate. We're going to talk about the targeting of parents. We're going to talk about the failing economy, the lies of the media. You know how we like to handle this stuff. It's time we brought this together and point out that the Biden White House is one of the most corrupt, if not the most corrupt we have seen in a long, long time. The targeting of James O'Keefe, even the ACLU has come out in his defense, local news outlets in his defense. That's how corrupt Biden's administration is. Now, before we get started, my friends, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to get access to exclusive members only segments of the TimCast IRL podcast. And you won't want to miss it from last night where we had Alex Jones, Blair White, Michael Malice, Drew Hernandez, Luke Rutkowski, me, Ian, all here for a major, massive show on TimCast IRL last night. Joe Rogan was here for about an hour before uh, before he had to leave. So he's here, he was here for the first half of the show. But we do have a members only bonus segment. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. And as a member, you help support us. Hiring journalists, getting raw original reporting. We have a major breaking story about Fauci, animal abuse. Cassandra Fairbanks is on top of it. It's an exclusive report. You got to see this stuff. Become a member. Help support our work. But don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Let's get in to the first story. This is from the National Law Review. Now, I'm not familiar with this source, but I did fact check this and I thought they condensed it to a degree that it was easier for me to show you this article. So, just because I'm not familiar with the source doesn't mean it's a bad source. This National Law Review seems to have a good job here. They report OSHA suspends emergency temporary standard on COVID-19 vaccinations and testing for employers with 100 or more employees. Now, I want to stress they have also said they are exploring a mandate on all businesses following this one. This is the line, my friends. You've got the Daily Wire, as I believe they're the lead plaintiff suing Joe Biden over the mandate. Good. Good for them. But if they lose and the vaccine mandate for 100 or more employees is considered to be constitutional, which I don't believe it will be. But if it is, they will come for small businesses next, which means us, which means what single member LLCs. If you want to have an LLC, you will be mandated to test yourself. Now, hold on, hold on. I don't want to be too hyperbolic. My understanding is the rule says that if you're not around other people, you are exempt. Okay. 
Well, here's the report. They say on Thursday, November 4th, 2020, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration published an emergency emergency temporary standard that establishes minimum COVID-19 vaccination and testing requirements for private employers with 100 or more employees. Shortly after the ETS was published, several states and businesses sued to declare the rule was unconstitutional and beyond OSHA's statutory authority. On November 6, 2021, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals based in New Orleans issued a very short preliminary ruling staying implementation of the ETS pending further briefing in the court. Then on November 12, 2021, the Fifth Circuit entered a long opinion in which it has issued a preliminary state of the law. This is important. If you work for a company that has done this, you come out, you show them this report, you show them this statement from OSHA and you challenge them. Now, private companies can still do this. They wanted a shield. Many of these private companies want to shield themselves from liability and say, look, you know, we told you had to undergo an irreversible medical procedure to work here, but they want to pass the buck off to Biden. When Joe Biden comes out and says this, they can say, oh, geez, oh, oh no, it's not our fault. It's not our, it's, oh man, I'm so sorry. It's not our fault this happened, right? They want to pass the buck, but now they can't. Now you can challenge them. They say in doing so, the court signaled in the strongest possible terms that it was poised to find the rule does, does exceed OSHA's authority in several ways. You can read the entirety of their opinion. In recognition of the court's ruling, the administration declared yesterday that OSHA has suspended all activities relating to the implementation and enforcement of the ETS pending further litigation. However, this is still a temporary ruling and will be appealed most likely all the way to the Supreme Court, which would make the final decision. Although not expressly stated, this means that employers under the rule have a reprieve of the upcoming December 5th deadline and likely the January 4th, 2022 deadline as well as the courts will take some time to provide much needed clarity in a final decision. This week, the Florida legislature is meeting in a special session in an effort to consider legislation that would countermand at least parts of the OSHA rule. Businesses should stay tuned to see what, if any, legislation is passed by the Florida legislature, how the courts will ultimately decide on the fate of the OSHA rule and how these two will play out in the courts to determine that the OSHA rule is valid. I want to show you. I got it right here. This is from OSHA.gov. They announced on November 12th, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit granted a motion to stay OSHA's COVID-19 vaccination and testing emergency temporary standard. Published on November 5th, the court ordered that OSHA take no steps to implement or enforce the ETS until further court order. While OSHA remains confident in its authority to protect workers in emergencies, OSHA has suspended activities related to the implementation and enforcement of the ETS pending future developments in litigation. The battle, my friends, we have won. It's not over, though. Senate Republicans to formally challenge Biden's ocean, OSHA, ocean, OSHA vaccine mandate. Senator Mike Braun says Republicans are united against President Biden's vaccine mandate for businesses. Now, I want to just I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sweating bullets on this one. The Rittenhouse trial, I think, is one of the biggest stories of our lifetimes, our right to self-defense. And I am just trapped in that mindset. But we need to recognize we cannot be distracted from the multiple fronts in the culture war that we are currently facing. A vaccine mandate opens the door to to forced medical procedures, to papers, please, social credit systems, tracking of everything you do and they already do but now they can that now they want legal ability to enforce based on what they're tracking take into consideration this you drive right 
Well, they're already saying they want to tax you per mile in California. What about watching TV? How much TV? If you watch TV tax, they want to restrict the amount of food you can eat, what kind of food you can eat. This is that door and we are holding our ground. Senate Republicans, not a big fan of the Republican establishment. And I think in the upcoming midterms, we need to see some primary action. Get these establishment neocons out. But at least they're doing this. Fox News reports all 50 Senate Republicans on Wednesday morning are expected to formally challenge the Biden administration's vaccine rule for private businesses under the Congressional Review Act, the official process for Congress to eliminate an executive branch rule. GP Senator Mike Braun of Indiana will lead all 49 of his Senate Republican colleagues, including Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, in moving to strike down the Biden admins rule, which mandates employees at private businesses with 100 workers be fully vaccinated. Now, even though it's suspended, they will challenge us and bring it back. The Republicans, and I'm surprised this, all 50, mad respect, challenging this and saying, we will not let you bring this rule. President Biden's vaccine mandate is an unconstitutional invasion of what should be a personal medical decision for every American and an affront to the rights of 80 million American workers, Braun told Fox News today. My Republican colleagues and I will formally challenge the federal overreach, and I urge the Senate to vote in favor of this disapproval resolution when it comes to the floor for a filibuster proof simple majority vote in early December. Now, don't forget, I want to make sure I show the source on this one. White House tells businesses to proceed with vaccine mandate despite court ordered pause. I'm showing this because I want to make sure you all know I have sources to back up when I say the Biden administration is corrupt. Check this out. Thomas Massey says companies should cease implementation of Biden's OSHA vaccine mandate because OSHA itself has ceased. OSHA says they've suspended the activities. I'm not going to sit here and just talk about Biden's vaccine mandate, though, because this is going to be a cornucopia of Biden corruption with sources to back it up. What they're doing is beyond reproach. What the Biden admin is doing is seeking to take away our right to self-defense, our right to self-determination, and quite literally to, to curtail our life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Now, you, you, may, you may say that is extreme thing. When the government can mandate a permanent medical procedure, you're in trouble. Do not give them that ground. But let's talk about the political agenda of the Biden administration and those who support him and those he supports. Outside of the dramatic constitutional violations we've seen with Joe Biden in the eviction moratorium, we now have one of the most drastic and terrifying nightmare dystopia actions taken by the Biden administration, their DOJ. Kevin McCarthy slams Biden's DOJ after whistleblower reveals FBI used counterterror tactics to investigate parents complaining about critical race theory, demands A.G. Garland prove he did not lie before Congress. I want to point out one other uh, one other issue. One, one, real quick from Timcast.com, ACLU denounces government's invasive searches and seizures of Project Veritas. I hope you've been paying attention. Jack Posobiec tweets that all the time. Are you paying attention yet? The FBI raided James O'Keefe's uh, James O'Keefe's home and the home of several of his journalists and seized private privileged communications. And by all accounts, it appears they leaked privileged legal communications to The New York Times. Even the ACLU that I call the Anti-Civil Liberties Union came out and said that was wrong. The DOJ under Joe Biden is the most corrupt I've ever seen. I'm not surprised under Barack Obama, who was also particularly corrupt. The IRS, not part of the DOJ, but the IRS went after the Tea Party. They were using the weight 
of the federal government to go after their political rivals. But now they're going after you, parents. You know, I complain a lot about the people who say, I won't speak up because I have to feed my kids and I'm scared. I say, if you don't speak up, your kids won't have food. You don't believe me? How about this? How about this? Where is this? Uh, from CNN.com, Thanksgiving essentials are out of stock. Now, why is that? It's because when the federal government engages in corrupt activities and lockdowns and restrictions, y'all said, not everybody, but these people were like, I'm not going to speak up because I'm worried about how my kids will get food and I don't want to stick my neck out. And your compliance led to major shortages this holiday season. Now, we're not starving to death. It's not the apocalypse yet. But you have to realize compliance will not get you out of tyranny. But there are many parents who spoke up to defend their children explicitly. Because one of the things we talked about, I talked about this with Steve Bannon and many others, that when parents, Steve Bannon said, when parents see what the, what the state, what the schools are doing to their kids, they will revolt. And he was right. Youngkin wins in Virginia. Loudoun County played a huge role in this. Parents said, my kids must be safe. Therefore, I won't speak up because if I take that risk, my kids can't eat. Other parents saw their kids directly threatened in these schools and said, if I don't speak up, my kids are being threatened. I have to. I have to stop this. You see, people's kids are strong motivators. Well, these parents spoke up and said no to wokeness, no to critical race theory. And what happened? Check, check this out. The Daily Mail reports House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy slammed Joe Biden's Justice Department for an egregious abuse of power on Tuesday and demanded Attorney General Merrick Garland testify before Congress about the counterterror tactics the FBI is using to investigate parents, quote, in an egregious abuse of power with the potential to unfairly track Americans activities. President Biden's Department of Justice is using FBI criminal and counterterror resources to target parents. Attorney General Garland must return to Congress to address under oath in detail the discrepancies regarding the directives he issued involving investigating American parents. Garland testified on October 21st that the Justice Department and its components were not using counterterror tactics to target concerned parents at school board meetings. But Republicans say they have documentation that shows differently. McCarthy also blasted Biden for going after parents instead of actual threats. Quote, this is further proof that we have a president in the White House who is more interested in going after our own citizens, including concerned parents, than he is in going after actual threats. This raises the question that should alarm every American. If the Biden administration is using our country's top law enforcement agency to go after parents, what are the actual threats they are ignoring? How about far left extremists, the violence, the riots, the threats to the judge in Kenosha? The judge has received death threats. Witnesses, our friend Drew Hernandez has received death threats. Where is the FBI? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. They're threatening you, mom and dad, who say, I want control of what my children learn in school. That's the threat. But you need to understand, when it comes to the corruption of the cult, Joe Biden and the White House and this, this ideology, the threat is not the extremists. No, they like that. The threat is you. So they will use the weight of federal law enforcement to come after you. And man, I had a rant about this when the news broke that James O'Keefe, a journalist, whether you like his reporting or not, he's a journalist. The feds raided his home, cuffed him, took his devices. And then by all accounts, everyone seems to agree on this. The FBI leaked privileged legal communications to the New York Times. 
Project Veritas is in a lawsuit with the New York Times. This is corruption to an extreme degree. To the extent the ACLU came out, as I mentioned earlier, I went off. My friends, this is Soviet style. This is Gestapo. This is Stasi. This is kicking your door in because you dare oppose the ideology of the cult. Despotic individuals, authoritarians, fascists, whatever you want to call them, are taking the reins of authority in this country. I love how the left has been saying it for so long. Fascists are taking over. But the problem is they were talking about the libertarians and the populists who are challenging the authoritarians because they're part of that cult. They go on to say the House GOP leader was responding to the revelation. The FBI has created a threat tag to flag all investigations into potentially criminal threats, harassment and intimidation of educators. Now, I think it's fair to point out nobody wants teachers to be threatened or school board members to be threatened. Now, we don't want none of that. There was a story recently. We had it on TimCast.com. A pro-woke, a critical race theory proponent, parent came in and threatened soldiers. This is what they do. This is what they do in Kenosha. It's what they do in Minnesota. The jurors in the Chauvin trial had to walk past rioters, or I should say the destruction from riots with armed police. In Kenosha, you have juries, a jury deliberating right now as the extremists outside threaten violence. And the court case that they are deliberating on stems directly from the violence that the rioters committed. How are we supposed to have a fair trial? The extremists seek power and they use terror to get it. They say Republicans argue this could be used to target parents protesting local education policies. Parents have taken to going to school board meetings to express concern about teaching of critical race theory, transgender policy and other issues. We, we have this letter here. This is this is this is amazing. It says uh, this is from a, jo- a joint message from Criminal Investigation Division and Counterterrorism Division. On October 4th, 2021, the attorney general forwarded a memorandum addressing a spike in harassment, intimidation. We get it. We get it. We share an obligation to ensure all individuals are able to do their jobs without threats of violence. As a result, the counterterrorism and criminal divisions create a threat tag. Edu officials to track instances of related threats. I'm not completely opposed to saying no to these threats. I mean, I'm or I should, to, to this statement. What, I'm, what I mean to say is I, I am completely impo- opposed to the threats. It's not how you win. In fact, it's, it's fuel for the for the for the cult, for the Biden admin, for their DOJ. Violence doesn't work. I know I've heard people say, Tim, you just talked about how Antifa gets away with it and does terror. Yeah, it works when they control the executive, the executive branch, the Department of Justice. It works when they control the media. We are in fourth and fifth generational warfare and the reins of power at our media institutions are pro-violence for the left. They ignore it. They lie about it. They hide it. But if you are in any way opposed to the cathedral, to the cult, the establishment, and you are seen protesting, they will call you the worst names in the book, which is why you, all of you must be peaceful, persuasive and resourceful. Those three things and we will win. And I'll give you proof. Well, I'll give you my uh, argument on the proof. Let me just show you this story from TimCast.com. Support for gun, tr- gun control hits lowest point since 2014. When I see constitutional carry sweeping across this country, you know, I feel proud. I feel optimistic. The Second Amendment is the second most important amendment. And that's why it's the second. 
The First Amendment, the right to peaceably assemble, to a regis of grievances, freedom of religion, the press, speech, etc. The ability for us to express ourselves with the government government being unable to say no to it. It's the most important thing in a free society, the ability to challenge the establishment. But what happens when that free press becomes an arm of the government? Well, it's no longer adversarial. But then you and I can still have these conversations. The Second Amendment. As Dave Chappelle said, the Second Amendment is just there in case the first one doesn't work out. The Constitution as a whole is meaningless without the right of the people to back up their right to to challenge authoritarians and fascists and Nazis and all of the worst of the worst. But we don't want any of that. We don't want violence. We don't want chaos. We don't want death and destruction. As I stated, violence by anybody who's anti-establishment will be used to embolden the federal government's long reach and overreach. There are there are tens of millions of people in this country who I call politically uninitiated. They don't pay attention. They don't know. We are in an information war to convince people to adopt a certain culture, a culture of of merit, of individual responsibility, of personal liberties and bodily autonomy. But there is an effort by the establishment to convince people against all of those things, to give up your rights, bend the knee to the state. And if people don't have the information and they don't know which way to go, then who will they who will they side with? Laws can only be enforced if the culture agrees with the law. The most important thing for all of us right now is peaceful. We must reject violence. But the reason I say the gun control thing is important is because it shows you people are standing up for individual rights and the American Constitution within reason. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. We're winning for the cause of freedom. New Hampshire, the Free State Project. You guys got to check out the strong advances they've made. We are winning in Texas with a victory by Yunkin. Not perfect. I am not a fan of establishment Republicans or the Republican Party, but challenging the neocon and neoliberals of the Democrats has been fantastic. And seeing in New Jersey, I believe his name is Ed Durr, a state senator who, who ran with 153 bucks, no big campaign, beating a Democrat because people said, I will take anyone over the establishment. We are winning. Peaceful, persuasive, resourceful is winning. And they hate it. They do. But you know why it works? Antifa is violent. The riots take away support from the Democrats. And so what do they do? They cover it up. They need low level sustained violence against people to keep them scared. They need a media apparatus to lie about everything to make sure people know that no matter what happens, we will lie about you. But it only works if people think the mainstream media is the path towards information and culture. So long as this channel exists, so long as you watch and you share, we are winning. Now, I'll point out, as I've said before, the zombie may be dumb, but a horde of zombies is dangerous. Winning doesn't mean one. This whole segment should be optimism for you. OSHA rule suspended. That's that's a victory in the battle, but not the war. And now we have this story here about people standing up for their rights. All should be good news. 
while I can point out what is going on with the targeting of parents is bad news, it's important to stress that in many respects, we are doing very, very well. Take a look at this. Let me let me let me let me go through this story. And then I want to talk to you about James O'Keefe. They say the GOP saw education become a successful campaign issue in the 2019 Virginia gubernatorial election, where concerned parents came out in numbers to help their candidate win. The latest revelations came from an FBI whistleblower who provided an email dated October 20th to House Republicans sent on behalf of the counterterror division and the criminal division. Interesting. Interesting. An FBI whistleblower released this information. And now let's get serious. You ready for this? ACLU denounces government's invasive searches and seizures of Project Veritas. The FBI raided Project Veritas. I wonder why. Well, on the surface, they said it was over Ashley Biden's diary because they were trafficking in stolen goods or something like that. No, I'll tell you what I think. It is a fact, at least according to The New York Times, that Project Veritas was investigating the FBI. Project Veritas has called for whistleblowers before. I believe they did call for whistleblowers from law enforcement. So let's get dark. An FBI whistleblower leaked or sent a letter to the FBI with evidence that the DOJ is going after parents. Would an FBI whistleblower stop there? Perhaps they provided a similar statement to Project Veritas. And Project Veritas is vetting the information. And maybe the FBI found out this whistleblower, we don't know who it is, sent something to Veritas. What do we do? Do you sit back as the FBI and do nothing and just wait for Veritas to expose your corruption? Or under false pretext, do you raid their headquarter, the home of the founder, take his private communications, extract them to try and figure out what they know about what you've done and then leak it to the New York Times. I think it's a strong possibility that Veritas may have had more information from this FBI whistleblower than the, just, just the House Republicans and the FBI intervened to shut him down. Now, it's a bit conspiratorial. It is. So I'm not saying it's true. It's light speculation that I wouldn't say has great probability. I don't know, but I think it's possible. I think it's plausible. At the very least, the Ashley Biden diary makes no sense because Project Veritas turned it over to the law, to law enforcement. So for what reason would they have to actually go after Project Veritas and then consider a leak from the FBI themselves? Someone in the FBI has it within them to leak information. And I strongly believe they would leak that to Project Veritas. I'd love to see if Project Veritas has anything to say about that. We'll see. But this is all part of the Biden administration and the corruption, which I believe knows no bounds. Take a look at this, my friends. You, you love to see it from civics. Biden's job approval is at 36 percent. Approval is at 54. Probably the most shocking to me, actually, is that among Democrats, Joe Biden's at 75 percent approval. Among independents, Joe Biden is at 24 percent approval. Even Democrats are saying no. Joe Biden's, in my opinion, done politically. We know he's not there, but a lot of people said, hey, I'll take what I can get because they didn't like Trump. That's why I believe Trump should not run in 2024. And I believe Ron DeSantis is the right choice. I do not like all of Ron DeSantis's policies. He signed on to the Israel BDS ban. I believe in free speech. But Ron DeSantis did a great job as it pertains to, to COVID and free speech and social media. He pays attention to what it means to be an American, to what Americans are concerned about. And on the cultural issues, 
that supersede politics and law, in my opinion, supersede, I mean, among us as people, not legally. I believe he gets it. I don't know if Trump has it in him. Trump was the avatar of the anger of the populists in this country. Many of them were lefty, former Bernie supporters. Well, now we need someone who's actually going to know how to fight the good fight and win these political battles. Right now, we have a victory on our hands. The OSHA rule has been suspended. Use it. Tell your employers it's not constitutional. The court said so. And then say, when they come back and they issue another ruling, you can come and change and we'll talk about it. But the time being, use it. If they say we want it, say, it's not from Biden, it's from you and see what they say. And I'll tell you this. Here's what I say. I think the vaccines are fantastic. I really mean it. I'm not going to pretend to the greatest thing ever. There seem to be some issues. Now they want to do booster shots. But I think it's, it, look, I, I'm a fan of technological development, whatever it may be. It doesn't matter what I think, though, when it comes to what you put in your body. I have always had this position. I have been libertarian, libertarian on drug use my entire life. If people want to go and imbibe alcohol, that is on you. If you want to go and get vaccinated, go talk to your doctor. You know, for me, I, I, I talked to my doctor and they prescribed me what they prescribed to me. And it's no one's business. I know I talked about it publicly. I'm just, you know, it's only because of this weird issue. Freedom, individual rights and individual choice. Tell these businesses, if they want to mandate a vaccine for you, tell them plain and simply, just sign a liability form considering it's a permanent medical procedure that you will take responsibility permanently. If I'm 20 years old now and I get this and I'm 50 and I have an adverse event, you're paying for it or your kids will sign it. See what they say. And if they say no, simply say, don't you think the vaccines are safe? I'll tell you this. A lot of business will be like, "Okay, yeah, whatever. We'll sign it. But maybe they won't. Why? Because they're trying to pass off liability. I'm optimistic, my friends. We had a ma- we had a big, big show last night. Over a million people watched and over and, and hundreds of thousands more are tuning in. It's incredible. Since last night, another 600,000 from the million we already had. It's amazing. You guys are great. Become a member at TimCast.com. Stay tuned to tonight's show. There may be a verdict in the Rittenhouse case. We'll see. Thank you all so much for standing up for what you believe in. This is all good news. I will see you all tonight at 8 p.m. over at TimCast. I'm sorry, at YouTube.com slash TimCastIRL. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you all then. We're currently in a pandemic. There are still lockdowns and restrictions. In fact, they're getting worse across the board in France, Austria, Germany, and the UK. They're expanding their lockdowns. It's pretty bad in some of these European countries where if you're unvaxxed, you have to stay home. In the UK, you now need three shots if you want to go outside, and it probably won't end there because we know what's been happening. They say after a certain amount of time, you need a booster shot. So if y'all live in the UK, get ready because it's probably only a matter of time before they say you need your fourth shot. And as everyone knows, and YouTube, I'm just kidding, on your 10th punch card, you get a free yogurt. I'm joking. Calm down, YouTube. Right now, With all of that going on, FBI investigating vials labeled smallpox found in lab near Philadelphia. (laughs) Okay, all right, all right. Well, hold on there a minute. Smallpox? I thought smallpox was contained in like top, like top secret and like level four biosecurity labs and only for only like very, very small amounts. Smallpox is not fun. Smallpox coming back would be very bad. I'm not saying it is, but the FBI is investigating. 
I don't trust the FBI. Now, there's more to this story. I'd like uh, uh, to, to uh, I'd like my friends to get a little bit more conspiratorial than I would. But again, not really. I just want to point out what the conspiracy theorists have been pointing to and then just say, well, I think there are patterns here. I don't know if it means uh, um, what it means, but it's certainly freaking people out. And I'm not going to draw a conclusion other than to say smallpox has been in the news quite a bit. First, we have this story. Bill Gates warns of smallpox terror attacks as he seeks research funds. Bill Gates warned that bioterror could be a bigger threat than naturally occurring epidemics. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with Bill Gates in that assessment. In fact, many people are concerned about the Wuhan lab and a potential lab leak hypothesis. Not that it was intentional. I mean, maybe some people think it was. Maybe. I don't know. But that there's questions about whether or not COVID leaked from a lab. And I think for the most part, we have everything but the final piece connecting COVID to the actual chimeric viruses they were making in the lab. A reasonable person would conclude COVID probably leaked. Now, intent to leak, that's something entirely different. And that's where you get into dark territory. But that's not for me to speculate upon. Y'all can speculate on whatever you want. Bill Gates' warning of this had a lot of people in the in the uh, conspiracy space. You know, I don't, I don't know if that's the right word, but they be, you know, they're like, oh, Bill Gates, oh, geez. If he's saying it's going to happen and he's worried about it, that's probably going to happen because Bill Gates has talked about viruses and vaccines for a long time. And now here we are in a pandemic. It could just be that because he talks about it, then it happens. You falsely connect those dots. If we had a meteor strike, there'd be some other expert who's been screaming and ranting about meteor strikes and people would be like, he was saying it was going to happen. Yeah, well, I mean, the short answer is maybe Bill Gates was just right. Now you look at this story. Bill Gates warning of smallpox terror attacks. And a lot of people get conspiratorial. But I got to then bring it to uh, let's see. Here we go. FDA approves new drug against weaponized smallpox June 10th. That's the date. Bill Gates was November 9th. So let's not act like this is evidence or indicative of a greater conspiracy. The reality is Bill Gates just read the news. Bill Gates is just saying something because he read a news article a long time ago. This is what they do to Trump, right? Trump would see an article in the news and it would be like dog, you know, quick brown fox jumps over a lazy dog. And then Trump would come out and be like, did you see this? The quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog. And then people would be like, Trump lies about the quick brown fox. It was actually sluggish and slow. And it was more of a light beige. Trump would see something in the news, say it, and then it would act like Trump made it up. And that's some, that's comparable to what we're seeing here. Bill Gates says something because he saw it in the news. And now people are acting like he's involved or whatever. Not a fan of the guy. Okay, he said creepy things, but I'm just, you know, I'm pointing that out. We got to be rational and reasonable as we as as we work through this stuff. That being said, it is quite creepy that the FDA says there's a new drug against weaponized smallpox. Bill Gates later comes out and says, I'm worried about weaponized smallpox. And then the FBI finds vials labeled smallpox in Philadelphia. Wow. (laughs) I don't know what to expect other than I'm going to go crawl into a cave and never come out. That's a joke, by the way. But here's the story from Yahoo News. They say the FBI and the CDC are investigating questionable vials labeled smallpox found in a freezer last night at a Merck facility outside Philadelphia, according to an alert sent to the Department of Homeland Security leadership on Tuesday night. There are reportedly a total of 15 vials, according to the unclassified, quote, for official use only alert, a copy of which was obtained by Yahoo News. Five of the vials were labeled as smallpox 
and 10 were labeled as vaccinia. The vials were secured immediately. What is this? Vaccinia? Is it possible that smallpox vaccine and smallpox? Yo, what are they doing at that Merck facility? The discovery of the vials prompted a lockdown of the facility, which has since been lifted. The FBI and CDC launched investigations, which remain ongoing. Quote, there's no indication that anyone has been exposed to the small number of frozen vials. The frozen vials labeled smallpox were incidentally discovered by a laboratory worker while cleaning out a freezer in a facility that conducts vaccine research in Pennsylvania, a CDC spokesperson told Yahoo News. CDC, its administration partners and law enforcement are investigating the matter, and the vials contents appear intact. The laboratory worker who discovered the vials was wearing gloves and a face mask. We will provide further details as they are available. Now, I just want to pause for a second, right? I'm not a fan of conspiracies. You know why? The CDC is saying this. It was a lab worker who discovered this. I got to be honest. Conspiracies happen. There's a lot of stuff that's happened throughout history with the government and corporations and elites. When they conspire to do things, it happens. But this sounds like maybe... They had old garbage in a freezer. I mean, for real, like this, this, and this is actually more worrying. It, a, a lab worker found it and said, whoa, this is kind of freaky. And maybe the reality is it's been sitting there for a long time. No one noticed. They went in there and saw it and said, hey, we can speculate on a lot of things. But if someone who worked there didn't know it was there and then reported it, it sounds more likely that there's no conspiracy. There's no secret plot. Something bad happened or there, I'll put it this way. Maybe there is some conspiracy, but it doesn't involve the lab. It doesn't involve the CDC or whatever. If you want to get really circuitous or conspiratorial, you can say that this is all part of their plot to discredit any idea of a potential conspiracy. Now, look, somebody found it, but somebody put it there. So I'm curious as to how it got there and what vaccinia means and if they're working on a vaccine. I'll tell you this. We know the FDA approves a new drug. Check this out. Let me, this is from, uh, let me read this. Let me read this and we'll go back to the other one because this is important. The FDA has approved a new drug to treat smallpox, fearful of a possible bioweapon attack. The U.S. has been steadily preparing a defense through BARDA, the Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority. Tecovirumet was the first drug for smallpox approved in 2018. The FDA granted the new drug, Brin, wow, Brinson. Brincidofovir, Brincidofovir, Brincidofovir. I think I got it right, guys. Fast track status and orphan drug designations in 2018. The new approval came under the FDA's animal rule. Drug testing usually goes through several phases prior to approval. First, there's preclinical testing. Yeah, yeah, we get it. Phase three broadens the population. We get it. But that's now how it worked for Brincidofovir. The animal rule recognizes that some investigational treatments cannot be tested for a specific indication in people. This happens for infections where it is dangerous and unethical to expose people to an agent. Smallpox is one such infection. They go to mention blah, blah, blah. What I'm interested in is who's who's developed the drug. They just say they've, there's a new drug they've approved for weaponized smallpox. I'm wondering who was developing it. I don't know. BARDA, I guess, is a biodefense lab. So sure. The reason I bring that up is because I'm wondering why Merck... They, they, and, and by the way, they produce large quantities of ivermectin and, and they have a new pill uh, for COVID. I believe they're producing it. Why they had smallpox in this lab. If this worker didn't know they did and didn't know why it would be there and then reported it, it could be the CDC didn't know either. It could be nefarious actors have been doing illicit research. 
I wouldn't be surprised. We've learned a whole lot about lab leak theory and what was going on with the Wuhan lab and this funding. So maybe there's confidential classified operations or just rogue actors. I can tell you this. You want to come to me and say there's no conspiracy, and I'll say, probably, I don't really like to believe in that stuff. Show me evidence to draw a conclusion. Don't jump to the conclusion. But I can tell you one conclusion right now, and that is the vials labeled smallpox were there, which means someone made the labels, someone made the vials, someone filled the vials, someone put them there. Why, how, and how did we not know that was happening until a lab worker found it? They say, CDC, uh, its administration partners and law enforcement are investigating the matter, and the vials contents appear intact. The laboratory worker who discovered the vials was wearing gloves and a face mask. Face mask. We will provide further details as they are available. Smallpox, a disease caused by the variola virus, is considered so deadly that only two labs in the world are authorized to store samples of the virus, including one in Russia and the other at the CDC in Atlanta. That's that. That was my understanding that they're like in deep freeze level four biohazard facilities that are controlled, the CDC and and Russia. How it ended up in Philadelphia. Always oh, also worrying. Bioterror. Criminal actors, just for profit actors. I don't know. I don't know. And you don't either. But it is creepy. Scientists have debated for years whether to destroy any remaining samples, citing the danger of a mishap that could unleash a disease that has been eradicated since the 70s. Those in favor of keeping samples have argued they are needed to to develop new vaccines in response to an outbreak. The majority of Americans are not vaccinated against smallpox, and those who were vaccinated would likely now have waning immunity. The CDC will arrive on site tomorrow to take custody of the vials and transport them to another facility for testing. The alert notes, no personnel were reportedly exposed to the material. DHS and FBI did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Bill Gates warned about this. Maybe Bill Gates is just right. I'm not a big fan of the guy for a lot of reasons, but maybe he's just right. The Independent reports Bill Gates has warned governments to prepare for smallpox terror attacks and future pandemics by investing billions into research and development. Mr. Gates has made the comments in a policy exchange interview with the chair of the Health Select Committee, Jeremy Hunt. He said that countries like the U.S. and the U.K. must spend tens of billions to fund the research, adding that while it may be expensive, it could lead to the eradication of the flu and common cold. Quote, I'm hoping in five years I can write a book called We Are Ready for the Next Pandemic, but it'll take tens of billions in R&D. The U.S. and U.K. will be part of that. It'll take probably about a billion a year for a pandemic task force at the WHO level, which is doing the surveillance and actually doing what I call germ games where you practice. The Microsoft founder suggested that the germ games could prepare nations for bioterror, such as smallpox attacks on airports. Mr. Gates warned that bioterror caused epidemics could be worse than naturally occurring ones. Mr. Gates shone a light on the beneficial medical innovations that could come out of increasing investment into research and development. The nice thing is a lot of the R&D we need to do to be ready for the next pandemic are things like making vaccines cheap, having big factories, eradicating the flu, getting rid of the common cold, making vaccines just a little patch you could put on your arm. Things like that will be incredibly beneficial, even in the years when we don't have pandemics. He added, he will continue to talk about pandemic preparedness as part of his work as a philanthropist. He said, so along with the climate message and the ongoing fight against diseases of the poor, pandemic preparedness is something I'll be talking a lot about. And I think it'll, uh, it'll find fertile ground because, you know, we lost trillions of dollars and millions of lives. And citizens expect their governments not to let that happen. 
I don't know why Bill Gates all of a sudden became this expert on all this stuff. He's a salesman. He's a computer guy. He bought someone's operating system, sold it to IBM for a, a royalty on, on, on personal computers, made a lot of money, and then started Microsoft, hired people, and developed a graphical user, user interface. And I don't think he was even the first to do it. I think Apple might have been. I'm not entirely sure. I guess technically the DOS shell was the first graphical user interface, but like, I guess technically that doesn't really count. No, I guess it does. I, I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty of whatever DOS shell was because most of you probably don't know. But anyway, I, I digress. I'm not going to talk about the computer stuff. All of a sudden, this guy who's a computer guy is talking about medical issues around the world and all of these things. And I get it. If you're rich, you're involved. But this guy's not an expert. That's what we need to realize. He's not an expert. That being said, I'm not going jump to jump to the conclusion of no matter what he's saying, it's bad. Yo, if he's warning about this stuff, like bioterror stuff, okay, I don't care who is warning about it. Take it seriously. Let me explain to you why. We have this story from Yahoo. I covered this back when it happened because this is from March. This is from March of last year. Border Patrol stopped a Chinese biologist carrying viable SARS-MERS viruses at Detroit airport in 2018. Chinese biologist. China's an adversary to the United States. Why is this guy carrying viable SARS and MERS viruses? Yeah, it's, it's SARS-CoV, uh, what is it? SARS-CoV-2, uh, is that the, the COVID virus? CoV-2? So COVID is a SARS virus and there's MERS viruses. What are they doing? This is reckless. This happened. U.S. Customs and Border Patrol agents at a Detroit uh, Metro Airport stopped a Chinese scientist carrying vials believed to contain the MERS and SARS viruses in November 2018, just a year before the first reported Wuhan coronavirus case, according to FBI tactical intelligence report obtained by Yahoo. Inspection of the writing on the vials and the stated recipient led inspection personnel to believe the materials contained within the uh, contained within the vials may be viable Middle East respiratory syndrome and severe acute respiratory syndrome materials. The report reads the vials were labeled antibodies and the unnamed scientist said he was asked to deliver them to a researcher at, at a U.S. institute. Here's why I bring this story back up because I did cover it a long time ago. Dirty stuff happens. And if you think there's no conspiracies, you're wrong. Now, I'm not a big fan of conspiracy theories because I need evidence to move from point A to point B to point C to point D. And often what you get with conspiracy theories is someone saying point A to point D, and they skip over all these logical pathways and potentialities. But when we have a story going back a few years and worse still, we have this from January of 2020. Harvard University professor and two Chinese nationals charged in three separate China related cases. When you have stories like that, it sounds like people are plotting behind the scenes to do illegal things. Conspiracy doesn't mean grand global plot to take over the world. It could mean two dudes being like, we'll make a hundred grand if we can smuggle this into the country. They conspire to commit some criminal act. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. But there's a potential danger to all of us. It's what I think people need to realize, too, about conspiracies. It's often like this big corporation or this government. And it's like, what if it was two dudes? 
What if it was literally two dudes who are like, yo, I got a guy who wants to buy this. Why? He wants to get it to a lab. There's no big corporation involved. It's two dudes. And so they plan, they plan something. Some guy smuggles something. He brings it in. They get paid. And then after the guy gets paid, the guy's carrying the vial and he's smuggling it in and he drops it and it shatters. And then boom, virus flies up in the air. A lot of people want to take it to the most grandiose place possible when talking about conspiracies. But conspiracies can be, look, uh, uh, how about this? Two janitors at a bio lab realize if they smuggle this out and transport it across state lines to a new facility, someone's willing to pay them a big, a big buck for it. And it's just criminals. That's it. There's no evil CEO, no billionaire, no government actor. It's just two janitors. And then when they drop the vial and it shatters and the virus spreads, people will be like, the government did this, blah, 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 when it was literally like two janitors. So we don't know who's enacting these conspiracies or why. Now, I will point out, check this out. This is interesting. This is a, this is a DOJ release from January 28th, 2020. The Department of Justice announced today that the chair of Harvard University's chemistry and chemical biology department and two Chinese nationals have been charged in connection with aiding the People's Republic of China. Dr. Charles Lieber. Yeah. Okay. So we know the names. Dr. Charles Lieber, uh, Yan King Ye, Xiao Song Sheng, 30. A Chinese national was arrested on December 10th, 2019 at Boston's Logan International Airport and charged by criminal complaint with attempting to smuggle 21 vials of biological research to China. On January 21st, 2020, Sheng was indicted on one count of smuggling goods from the U.S., and one count of making false, fictitious, or fraudulent statements. He has been detained since December 30th, 2019. Now, that's where I come in on the other side. This was criminal charges of people attempting to help the Chinese Communist Party with, by smuggling biomaterials to them. Interesting. Now, I don't know what these biomaterials were, but hold on. When was this? On December 10th, 2019 at Boston's Logan International Airport. Someone secretly working for, for the People's Republic of China with biological samples? Hypothetically. And I don't believe this is true. I'm just saying, what if COVID was a, wasn't a lab leak in the way we realize it was literally a Harvard professor and two dudes smuggling viruses and getting contaminated? And what if the reason they don't tell us is because, I mean, that would be a huge international scandal and could potentially spark a war. Acting uh, espionage on the behest of China results in a major pandemic. I'm not saying this is related in any way, but look at the timeline. January 28th, they announced this 2020. Hey, what was going on then? It's interesting, isn't it? I don't think there's any reason to connect those dots or speculate beyond this, because we do have this story from Yahoo going back to 2018 about how they were doing this before. About it was, I believe it was yeah, Chinese biologists were carrying the viruses. They probably do it all the time. And that being said, it's actually more worrying than the idea of any nefarious plot with no safety security protocols or whatever this is happening. What happens when someone's carrying smallpox and they drop it or it shatters? I don't know if anything like that would happen. I don't know. But I throw it back to that first story. How did vials labeled smallpox? How did they get into this lab? Someone put them there. Someone's funding this. Someone's got plans. I don't know what those plans are, but they were they were next to uh, uh, bottles labeled vaccinia. They say the reason we keep the smallpox uh, uh, virus around is to produce vaccines in the event of an outbreak. 
Is someone preparing for an outbreak of smallpox? That would be nightmarish. And I don't know. But I can't uh, uh, make any assumptions these days because things have been crazy and things have gotten worse. So it's hard to know what will happen, what could happen, or what even what's even possible. People say it can't happen here. Yo, we've been dealing with lockdowns for almost two years now. It did happen here. And it's happening in Australia and Austria and France and Germany and the UK. And it's getting bad. Now, look, I don't want to draw too much, you know, draw too many conclusions. But for the love of all that is holy, my friends, this is something y'all should be paying attention to. Not that we know what it means or where it came from or who did it or why, but somebody had vials labeled smallpox. Is it possible they were just saline solution and they were pranking us? Sure. And therein lies the big challenge. How to know what is true and what may be, I don't know, but I take it seriously. I'm going to carry on, carry on with my life like normal. That's all I can really do. Creepy stuff and dark times ahead because we got more coming. We're waiting for the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you all then. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.